My dad was an architect, and they could be a stupid, superstitious bunch. Many of them will skip building floor, building floor 13, and jump right from floor 12 to 14. If you're building a new house, everything from the color of the paint on the porch to the type of flower outside might affect the luck of the home. For the most part, Dad, Dad told me those quacks when were more tradition than anything else. All but one. Never buy a house where the staircase has 11 steps. He warned me one summer night years ago after he had a few drinks. I grinned. Yeah, and always buy a new broom to go with a new house and know the drill. Dad shook his head and looked out at the summer stars. He seemed far away. I know it sounds like the rest of the bullshit, Stephen, Dad said. But this, this is one that I think is true. I can't tell you why. You won't believe me that I've, you, you, you just won't believe me. Do me a favor, though. Count the steps when you're buying a house. Some way, someday down the line. If there's 11, buy something else. I promised that I would, I would, but it was a teenage promise. Made on a clear night when this weather was fine and the world felt far away. There was a girl with red hair and a gun fire grin on my face. She occupied my daydreams all that summer. Not much room left for such a prom such a small promise to take root, so I forgot. God damn me I forgot. Dad passed away later that year. If he'd still been around, I'm sure he would have checked on the house that caught Molly in my eye. It was a colonial with an acre of yard and a wraparound porch. There's an oak in the back, tall with branches like bridge beams. The perfect foundation for a treehouse. It was a suburban dream, ideal for a young couple or a kid on the way. I loved everything about that house. Large windows, drank in the morning sunlight. The deck was an old wood, solid and stained and dotted with columns. There's an office for me and a fireplace for Molly. Best of all, there was a space, empty now, but nearly vibrating with potential. Wherever I looked, I saw images of kids and dogs and memories waiting for us to catch up. I was distracted by new beginnings, so I didn't count the steps when the real estate agent showed us upstairs. Not then. Not until after the ink was dry on the purchase, and our rented U-Haul was parked on the driveway. Coming from an apartment, Molly and I didn't have too much stuff. But the doc told her not to lift much or exert herself, and I was stubborn enough to figure that I could handle it myself. So moving day was dragging. Fumbling to see over the edge of the nightstand, I was halfway up the sta stairs 
when I heard a heavy footfall behind me. Hey, Mo, I said, shifting to look back. I can handle the upstairs stuff if you want to get started with. The stairs were empty behind me. I felt it then, for the first time, a sense of unease mixed with guilt. As if I had done something wrong or forgotten something important. Hey, Molly, I, call, I called out. What's up? She she answered from downstairs. What are you up to? I heard the sound of glasses clinking. I'm packing kitchen stuff. You need a hand? No, no, I think I got it. I moved slowly up the stairs, listening after each step. After I reached the top and set the nights down down, I turned back and finally counted. My heart sped up a little with each step I looked over. I could hear my dad's voice inside my head clearly, as well as the promise I made with him. A promise I'd just broken. One, two, three, four, five, wait, shit, I said to myself, pressing out breath in short bursts. I skipped one. Fuck this. I decided to walk down the stairs carefully, noting each step. As a foot touched the number 11 at the bottom, the last step, I felt a draft pushed up against my neck. It was like fingertips. I rolled around so quickly and nearly tripped. You all right? Molly called out. Fine, I lied. I was walking up the staircase. Nothing about it was sinister or even remarkable. Smooth wooden steps with a banister going halfway up the side and a wall rail the rest of the way. I wondered if we should get a rug for it. New house jitters, I told myself, going to the U-Haul for another box. The rest of the movement was smooth. Every time I headed up or down the stairs, I would go slow and listen. But I never noticed anything else that day. I also recounted each time I went upstairs, but the number of steps never changed. A week after moving in, Molly and I woke, in, woke up to the, to the sound of someone running up our staircase. The footsteps were startling and loud, each one like a hammer against the board. Jesus, Stephen, what the fuck? Mo Molly shouted, climbing out of bed. I scrambled out to our bedroom door and turned, turned the lock, keeping my back up against it. Call the cops, I said, listening for any sounds of the door. Molly took, took her phone and hung her down be between the bed and the wall. I moved quickly from the door to our, to our closet. My hand, hands were shaking and it took me several seconds of, of, the, of violent fumbling to the dial, the combination to the lockbox. I came back into the bedroom with a gun inherited from my dad, feeling both safer and more in danger at the same time. Molly and I settled 
huddled together watching the door for eight long, ugly minutes. When we saw the police lights flashing under our window, I put the gun away and crept downstairs. On the last step, I felt something yank at my hair. When I turned, there was nothing behind me. Only an empty stairwell, bathed in a hall light. I can nearly taste my pulse, a greasy, panicky, panicked thing. The police knocked hard. I backed away. They were taking my eyes off the stairs, but I was at the front door. The cops didn't find anything. No intruder, no signs of forced entry. Nothing but a new house with two terrified occupants who would spend the rest of a sleepless night downstairs. Staircase looks so boring in the morning light. I was worried Molly would brush off my idea. Asked me to give the house another chance, but Molly beat me to the punch. We need to leave, she told me, a protective hand against her belly. My Molly, her red hair now had a few strands of silver, but she still had her gunfire grin in the good times. And in the hard times, she had clear eyes. She was steady. Okay, I told her. Okay. That morning contained some loud phone calls and some quiet moments where Molly and I sat on the couch and looked at the house we were giving up. It didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. I knew looking at Molly, she, she was packing. She was. She began panic, packing, and that she carried my home with her wherever she went. I'm going to go talk with those fuckers in person. I said, "Those real estate creeps are hiding something. I'm sure of it." Molly was lying on the couch, her sleepless night catching up. I glanced over at the stairs. Molly, if you need to rest, that's fine. Just. Promising me you stay down here. She opened one green eye, gave me the shadow of a grin. Don't worry, cowboy. Wild horses shouldn't take me back upstairs. I spent the rest of the morning arguing with a room full of real estate agents. Gradually, it became clear that the house they sold to us had been an uncomfortable history that wasn't really disclosed. No brutal murderers or satanic rituals, just an awful lot of accidents and small tragedies. Mundane horrors that were easy to enough to explain on their own, but made enough for the troubling pattern. Mouse drive from raising my voice, I left from the real estate office at 1.04pm in a better mood than I'd come in. Maybe Molly and I could, wouldn't be able to get out of that to sale scot-free, but... It was looking like we'd be, we'd be able to re, reskin the offer with minimal losses. I know the time exactly because that's where I called Molly. She didn't answer. The whole drive back I kept calling. Every time it went to voicemail, the dread swelling in my stomach, like a cancer, pulling a little tighter. I found Molly dead at the foot of the stairs. She was twisted and bent like a doll 
dropped on the floor. Thick, violet bruises covered her body. I held her for several minutes before calling help. She was so clearly gone. The entire time I waited for the ambulance to arrive, I heard a slow creak of steps moving down the stairs until they were at the bottom, inches away. I couldn't see a thing. Just empty stairs and bloodstains. My morning was well documented. A confrontation at the real estate agency meant that I couldn't be home with Molly at the time of her death. I overheard the cops talking. The medical examiner said it looked like Molly was dragged up the stairs before falling down or being thrown. I was arrested, only told not to leave town, to stay home. That's fine. I can hear it pacing the stairs as I write this down. Sometimes it takes soft, deliberate steps wood groaning under a heavy, unseen weight. Other times it runs. It wants me to hear it. Now and then, the thuds of something falling down the stairs. Molly, I'm so sorry. It's taunting me, daring me to come up. On my drive back from the police station, I stopped to, to fill several canisters of gasoline. I could smell the gas now. Reminds me of summertime of fresh cut grass and of a girl with red hair. And I'm gonna burn this house down, and then I don't know what I'll do. But at least there, I'll be one less staircase with 11 steps. The next time you find yourself climbing up to the bedroom or down to the basement. Do yourself a favor. Count. If your foot stops on 11, leave.